Support for this podcast comes from Diversity Fund. Diversity Fund is an investment platform that allows everyday Americans the opportunity to invest directly into commercial real estate deals with the goal to help close the wealth gap and enable all Americans the ability to achieve financial freedom. Go to www.diversityfund.com and use the offer code invest in the US when you sign up for an account and receive a $20 gift card when you make your first investment. That's diversifund.com, D-I-V-E-R-S-Y-F-U-N-D.com. Now back into the show. If you're right now listening to this and you're in a corporate job, you know, it, it's, there's, always, there's always a time to start. You're never too late, you know? It's, it's better to start now than to, than to never start. Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug, but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today on the show, I had the pleasure of speaking with Michelle Bosch. Michelle is the co-founder and CFO of Orbit Investments and has been a full-time real estate investor since 2002. She has bought and sold over 4,000 pieces of real estate and has built the third largest land investment and auction company in the United States. Michelle is also the co-creator of the nationally recognized Land Profit Generator Program, focusing on teaching others how to invest in land to create financial freedom and long-term wealth. I'm really pumped and excited to have her on the show to share with us her incredible knowledge and her journey. But enough out of me, let's get her out here. G'day, Michelle. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you so much, Reed, for having me. It's an honor. So blessed to be here with your audience and you know, be, be of service to you and to our listeners. Thank you as well. And when uh, your uh, interview valet reached out to me, I was really excited to have a female yeah. on the show because we don't we, in real estate in you know the, the the world of real estate it's you don't get as many female 
entrepreneurs and, and go-getters and, and big being bosses. So uh, awesome to have you here. Um, and I really want to, uh, before we dive into the show, do you want to rewind the clock and tell me how you made your first ever dollar? Okay. It, I was, well, I, now looking back in hindsight, I feel like I was a, hit, a kid, but I wasn't uh, a kid anymore. I was already like 19. And um, I'm originally from, from Honduras, Central America. I'm a first generation immigrant into the U.S., and I came here in 1995. And uh, but going back to Honduras, you know, I I I grew up with my mom raising me as a single mom. And I say raising me as a single mom because my father passed away when I was very young. Before he passes away, though, he uh, made an incredibly smart decision, which was to invest in a piece of commercial property, commercial real estate in, in Honduras. And um, to this day, you know, this this property continues to spit out cash. And so um, it, it was, um, it was, you know, it was a loss as big as the sky, you know, for both my mother and I, but at the same time, you know, it was, um, it, we were blessed for him having made such an incredible good decision. And um, as a result, he was able to be there with us, taking care of us, providing for us, you know, even though um, physically there. <clears throat> and so that really allowed my mother, you know, to complement her income, she was a uh, elementary teacher back then for almost 30 years, uh, you know, in a third world country, so not earning a lot of money. So, you know, really the passive cash flow from this commercial property really made the difference in her ability to be able to, um, for example, put me into private school, my ability to go to that private school and actually learn English, uh, you know, that really, you know, set the, 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 the right path for me even to be here talking to you, you know, in English. And so it allowed us to collateralize that property when, you know, when college time came by, it was time for me to go to college and, and basically use that as a, you know, as a launching pad for me to come here to the U.S. And, um, and, and, and study. But, you know, there was, there wasn't any, there was, there's, there's no money necessarily for all four, four years of bachelors, you know, and so I needed to, for my living expenses, uh, you know, get a job, and my first job was actually as a um, receptionist in the dormitory where I was, um, you know, where I was living my first uh, semester on campus, and so it was my first experience really in exchanging hours for dollars. I think, I think I had, even though there was this piece of real estate that I had provided for me, I still didn't get it even then, you know, that, um, that there was a different way, you know, I, you know, that, that, that was there, but at the same time, the presence of seeing my mother exchanging hours for dollars as a teacher, you know, that kind of like, almost like took, um, an autopilot, you know, um, rhythm in my life. And, and I thought, okay, that's what everyone should do. You should go to college, you should get a job and, and, and exchange hours for dollars. So that was my first experience exchanging hours for dollars. And I hated it. I, you know, as a newcomer, I was, um, I was given the late shifts, you know, in the dorm when, where I had to be up at night, it was great. I could study, I could get a lot of homework done, but it sucked. But it, you know, I needed to do whatever it takes. I took an assistantship as well. My second semester, I was able to take an assistantship and that was able to cover part of my tuition costs. And, um, and after graduating, I did what everyone, you know, tells you to do. You, you know, I went for a job. I got a, a job as a financial analyst with Motorola. Uh, my husband, who's originally from Germany as well, um, got a job in, you know, in a corporate job doing 100% travel. 
um, hating it or our hands were tied, you know, th those sources of employment were the opportunity for us to have a working visa and eventually become U U.S. citizens. So um, we know that, and I think I, at that point, I had had already the insatisfaction of being in corporate America, realizing that 100% travel is not as fun, you know, as, as it seems. And so, um, and so we, it, it, I kind of remembered, well, look at this, you know, this is what, you know, my father did back home. Let's start looking into real estate as a vehicle for us, you know? And so we started looking into that and, um, and we, you know, did what a lot of people do, which is try to flip a piece of uh, a house and both being from out of country that brought a few complexities in that we had no idea how to deal with, you know, with repairs, with mold, estimate repairs on a kitchen, um, how to, you know, deal with getting a mortgage or, you know, private money, transactional money. Um, it was just too much for us. And so we kind of stumbled into this niche of land. Um, we, we were once at a tax lien, tax deed auction, and we, we realized, you know, a lot of the properties that are coming out there for for auction are, are land pieces. People don't don't want them. And so we, we we realize how can we get to these pieces of land way before they come to auction, whether they're tax delinquent or not, and 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 try to flip a piece of land. And so we kind of stumble into it, you know, as a result of me attending one of those auctions and realizing how incredibly competitive it was. It was like being in a shark infested tank, you know, and um, all the bidders knew each other and i was the newcomer of course i was outbidded on on every single one but it gave me that aha moment that wow that is competitive that is not the way to go that i found i figured out one way it doesn't work <laughs> at least it didn't work for us <laughs> and so we we started sending then direct mail you know um to to people that own vacant land whether it was delinquent or not and hope you know lord and behold uh we get a ton of responses back and so over the years, we kind of like hone in on that methodology on our letter, um, you know, where we send about 100 pieces of mail and we get anywhere between six and 15 calls. And, and so it's a really good letter. We, you know, we tested it. We were, we're very process oriented. So every single sentence that we would change, you know, you would test it and send out 500 mailers and, and compare to your prior letter, you know, to see if any tweaks and any changes you made you know, made a difference until we got to the letter that we continue to use today and, you know, and that hundreds of others now use as well, you know, as part of our methodology. And, um, you know, for every 750 to 1,000 pieces of mail, we, um, you know, we have a deal. It's, it's simple, land is simple, predictable, but, um, but it's not easy. It requires work. So, um, so yeah, so that's, uh, I know I've, I've gotten a little first dollar, but it was, it was, it was the experience of exchanging hours for dollars, my first dollar. I wasn't entrepreneurial from the get-go. So this is something that, you know, that can, can, can bloom if you're right now listening to this and you're in a corporate job. You know, it, it's, there's, always, there's always a time to start. You're never too late, you know. It's, it's better to start now than to, than to never start. We just right. happen to, you know, get very quickly um, right. dissatisfied with our current situation. So I was already, you know, in my in my early twenties where I figured it out. But um, but even if you're right now, you know, already stuck somewhere in Middle America, or you know, you're already, you know, maybe on a senior position, but with not much to show when it comes to retirement. There's always, you know, it's better to start now than to never start. So.
That's awesome. That's awesome. A huge, huge introduction and huge uh, background. I, you know, coming from Honduras with your dad. Unfortunately, my condolences passing away. And but, but, but having the foresight to invest in commercial real estate in a foreign country like Honduras, um, and and just stumbled into. Ca- uh, did he stumble into cash flow, or that you know, did he know that what he was buying was going to produce cash flow for your mum and yourself? Yeah, he knew that it was going to produce cash flow. Yeah, it, it, it's it's basically a hotel. We own the the real estate, and somebody else operates the sure. actual business. Yep, yep. So, so yeah, so it was. Uh, but but like I said, I the the example that I was living day in and day out was watching my mom exchange hours for dollars. So it really didn't click. It it took my own insatisfaction at my job to really recognize, uh, there's gotta be a better right. way, you know? Um, and, and with only two weeks of travel, we wanted to travel the world. And with my husband being from Germany, me from Honduras, um, you know, corporate jobs, were gonna <laughs> cut it. So they definitely were not giving us, uh, you know, the four freedoms, uh, which are freedom of, you know, money, freedom of time, freedom of relationships and freedom of purpose. And land investing is has been the cornerstone vehicle for us to really achieve all That's four awesome. of those. So I, you know, I'm I'm all I'm all That's for awesome. it. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. No, I love it, and, and I love I love your background. I love your enthusiasm about exactly exchanging time for dollars and realizing that you know the, the the way in which we're taught as society particularly western society to go out to get a job go do well at school if you don't do well at school you're going to be a failure in life and thus you can't ever make money and you know you're not going to be able to retire when you're 65 and that sort of old way of thinking of that reti- exchanging money for time to someday retire right and and you're going to sit on a nest egg and then the, your, your life can start from there on but i think it's really really um important that people uh, you know, understand the benefits of, of, of working for oneself and, and understand that real estate investing is a vehicle to long-term wealth. Um, so, Michelle, I wanted to get into more of the nuts and bolts of the land piece of it because I think the land piece is really interesting. I've had a couple of land people on here. I've had the land geek on, on the show. I don't know if you know him. Uh, I know, I know of him. I don't know him personally, but I know of yes. him. Yes. So for those listeners out there who don't know how to invest in land and why, you know, everyone talks about cash flow, right? And we want cash flow, we want cash flow. How the hell does land cash flow? And maybe you want to walk us through the, the A to Z of the, all the, the land investing 101 guide uh, for those people who might not understand about land investing here in the United States. Yeah. So, so we've developed a methodology where we basically are able to buy property for between five to 25 cents on the dollar and then turn around and sell it for anywhere between 50, 60 or 70% of market value, making it easy to sell the property, you know, uh, because compared to market value, you're still having an irresistible offer in the marketplace. Um, we sell them in two ways. We can sell them, you, you know, traditionally wholesaling, just like you would wholesale a house, you wholesale a piece of land, except you don't have the house and you don't have the headaches that come with the house, like tenants, toilets, you know, uh, and, uh, and termites and, and, and all the complexities that come with it. So that's one way, you know, to make uh, cash basically with land, but that's still active income. That's still exchanging hours for dollars. And then the second way that you can sell it is by using seller financing. Basically, you become the bank. Somebody buys, you know, somebody buys from you, uh, you know, with a down payment. Uh, let's give an example of a property that perhaps, you know, you're selling for ten thousand uh, dollars that you pay maybe twelve hundred dollars for. Somebody gives you a down payment of two thousand dollars. You are you have recouped at that point, you know, what you've invested, you know, the, your cost basis. And then that person maybe goes ahead and makes 200 to $300 payments, you know, for the next five, 10 years. 
and that's mailbox money coming into you know into your bank uh, real money coming into your bank every every week and maybe two to three hundred dollars doesn't sound as sexy but after doing four thousand flips and being able to create about twelve million dollars in notes you know we have about seventy thousand dollars in passive income coming in 200 300 500 600 chunks you know so so when you just talk about one piece of land you know it doesn't sound as much but I mean, $70,000 of passive income per month, you know, for, for most people, e even if they just made, I don't know, anywhere between five and $8,000 a month, you know, in passive cash flow, um, that would completely make a difference. It would be the difference between you being able to retire a spouse or you yourself retire from a job that you hate, travel the world, you know, provide, you know, private schooling for your children. It could really make the difference. And, and that basically, with just uh, cash flow from the land. So we use seller financing. And um, we usually like going after three types of properties. We don't like any junk land. So this is not about junk land or a bottom feeder type of you know, technique, um, but it's, it's, it's about looking for infill lots in cities where your, where your market will probably be, your buyer will probably be a builder or uh, properties in the path of growth outside you know, one county out from a big city. Uh, where you have basically a recreational buyer, but also an investor type of buyer. And um, you also have, the third one would be recreational properties around lakes, you know. For example, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. We have 150 degree days, and it's beautiful for people to have a second home up in Flagstaff, Coconino County, Yavapai County, where it's, you know, 20 degrees cooler in the summer. So when I talk about recreational property, I'm talking about that kind of Got property, it. yeah. And so, and so, and so, yeah, so that's, that's basically the gist of it. You know, you can get lists of property owners, their mailing address, filter those lists by vacant land, you know, by vacant land only, uh, send out, you know, letters. We get anywhere between, like I said, six and 15 calls, you know, back. So if you're not ready to be overwhelmed with an avalanche of calls, you know, you kind of like have to, um, you, you got to manage the pipeline of how many letters you send out, you know, because in the housing world, it's very common for people to have to send up to 10,000 mailers, you know, to, to be able to get one deal. Um, if you send 10,000 mailers, I mean, you're going to be completely swamped in the land space. There's no competition. Um, when everyone thinks about doing real estate, land is the asset class that is in, in like, it doesn't even exist, exist. It's in like the, the recesses of people's minds. It doesn't come in the radar. So, um, so when you approach a seller, you know, they're, they're, they're very open. There's no one having, you know, contacted them before. Um, there's not going to be multiple letters or multiple, you know, postcards from other investors that they've received. You're for the most part, you know, their only hope. And, um, and what I mean, their only hope is maybe they, they they decided that, you know, they were going to retire either in Florida and Arizona, they bought two pieces of land. And now they've decided to retire in Florida and now their piece of land in Arizona, you know, they're stuck, the heirs are stuck or people divorce or, I mean, just stuff happens in life and people need to get out, you know, out of a piece of land and, and there's so much less feelings attached to a piece of land than to an actual property, you know, with a home. And, um, and, and we, beginning, we thought that we needed to go and visit every piece of land. And then with the advent of more technology, Google Earth, you know, we don't need to look at the pieces of land anymore. You know, we can buy them sight unseen. 
um, and, and and sell them and find all the research, all the information that we want, uh, basically from the comfort That's of my awesome. home. So it's simple, but it still requires work. I don't want to come across as like, this is, um, you know, this is um, the easy button, you know, money's gonna fall from the sky. I, I think, um, I think one of the biggest advantages that both my husband and I have as as uh, immigrants into the U.S. is that we have no fear, zero fear of hard work. You know what I mean? And so, and 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 also because we see things with fresh new eyes, you know, we see opportunities that other people don't see, and we have the hunger and the drive, you know, to create a better world than the one we left. So, so there will be work involved, but it is a very profitable niche we're able you know the average i would say flip is anywhere between 10 and thirty thousand dollars so very comparable to houses if not higher and without the hassles of having to deal with a home you know what I mean? with repairs with having to have the competition the ten thousand mailers without having to deal with in the moment that a seller calls you having to you know meet him at the house so that you can estimate repairs because you have three other people probably you know um competing for the business with him uh, you don't have to do any, any of that. So for, for us, it, it means it's simple, it's predictable, but it does require work. You hit the nail on the head with the with the drive of being an immigrant um, to the United States, having that passion to go and do work and create something from nothing. And I think that's really important for myself as well, moving to the United States seven years ago and I hadn't bought any real estate. And now I control over $150 million worth of real estate. So it can happen and you know achieve financial freedom in seven years it's it can happen people americans listening to this show probably think, oh you're immigrants and all immigrants are the same and they just want to hustle 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 but it's like we've come you know you can do the same thing it's just it's your mindset about getting off the couch and doing something um but a few questions i have about the the, the, the land business because it's super interesting about it um you, you said about urban infill locations are there certain criteria that you go looking for when you look at an msa or a or, 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 or county or something like that where you want to identify certain growth trends in order to make it worth your while? Yeah, absolutely. Like um, it, 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 the area needs to be of a certain, you know, household income. Um, I need to see that it's nicely developed, that there's, you know, beautiful homes in the area. Um, and if, if, it's, if it's a residential, you know, it can be commercial as well. Uh, but you have to recognize that when you're dealing with infill lots, um, you are going to be, you know, in the higher price range of land. And you will probably not be offering five or 25 cents of the dollar. It will more likely be more like 40% of market value. But you could still wholesale to a builder for 60%. You know what I mean? It, it's still, you need to, to, to buy it cheap enough such that you leave enough in the deal for the builder and um and so you need to look at whether the houses are you know to build them what is the price per square foot of the house um to to realize okay this is the maximum offer i could make in this particular lot uh because the builder still needs to make this amount of money you know, you know? Uh, so um so yeah those so i would say income not if, if it's a residential area you know crime rates uh things like demographics of, the, of those kinds pretty much and um and i wouldn't and i wouldn't one more thing i wouldn't do this in New York City. I would do this in like these, you know, medium-sized secondary, you know, cities. You know, for example, like a Phoenix, uh, maybe like Oklahoma City, maybe like uh, you know, 
I don't know if Atlanta, Atlanta's, you know, for me, LA, Atlanta, New York, Miami, you know, maybe Orlando or around Orlando. So it would be in, in these secondary type cities and size, not in your big, you know, New York City type of deal. And, um, and, and, and what's nice about it is that sometimes, you know, you find areas where you can, you know, you, you, you have more than one lot and that you could, where you could aggregate lots and, and kind of like get from the city, like a preliminary blessing on, on what could go up there. And what you just having a letter and a blessing or preliminary, you know, renderings or drawings of what could be done with that piece of land, you've added so much value. And just by doing that, you could add multiple zeros, you know, to your profit. And, and do you do so that? So you can aggregate the land, you can also divide the land if it's, you know, in the outskirts of cities. Um, so there's there's several ways that you can really um, increase your profitability on a flip if that's what right. you're after. No, and you bring up a good point, but do you do that in your business, which is go in and get an entitled, because that's what it is, that's what you're doing. You're going and entitling land for a higher and better use. So thus you must be wanting to needing to look at zoning of those particular cities. So that, that, that brings in a whole other complexity that, you know, people listening to this show need to understand that it's not just buying a piece of dirt. There's, that's the one stage which you're buying it cheaply. You're, you're leaving a spread um, so that the, the, the end builder can can come in and do something with it. But there's also the other side of which was you're saying is, is about do, going and looking at the highest and best use, aggregating with a couple of other uh, pieces of land. So do you have are you are you familiar with that sort of technology and zoning and all that sort of stuff in, in your business? We've come across the situations where we've been able to do that just in in, in a few cases because. Because yes, you you do come across these deals, but this is in your cookie right. cutter deal, right. you know. And and I think in order to take something down like that, it, we were probably already four to four and a half years into the land flipping per se. You know what I mean? When we started doing that and looking at okay, you know, how can I increase my zeros and do less amount of deals, you know, and have more profitability or bigger, you know, profits in a, in a deal. So that's when we started. So I wouldn't say that you would typically start with that. But, uh, but, but definitely, you can definitely grow in, into that, you know. Tell me, the, give me the rough numbers that you're buying your properties for right now in terms of total value and then what you're on selling it for, just, just, just roughly. Yeah. So we, our cookie cutter deal is properties that are under $100,000. Okay. Where, for example, I am, um, you know, just somebody right now inside of our Facebook community just posted, you know, he made us. Uh, $1,200 offer and it's on a property that is worth $25,000. So he will probably wholesale that for anywhere between uh, 12 and 15,000. And he's going to have a nice margin there, a nice spread. Um, we have people where, or where I, you know, bought property for maybe $7,000 and I'm able to, you know, turn around and sell it, you know, using seller financing from for 30, 35. So those kind those kinds of spreads are you know are like the norm. So anywhere a hundred thousand dollars and down, this is something where you can really replicate. It can be it can become uh, not just a gem that you find here and there, but you find them very very often. And for me, I always think about it like this. I'm um, my husband and I. You know, we work together. We're a great team. And I think the fact that we we bring different things to the table. He's much more of an accelerator and innovator. And I'm much more of a stabilizer predictability. And so for me, I, I rather focus my time on things that I know that I can replicate 
because with replication means repetition and with repetition comes mastery and with mastery for me it has been the ticket to have a phd and making money when it comes to land investing yep. you know what i mean so that repetition equals mastery and mastery is my phd and making money period and you know what i mean so so um so i would say focus on you know the land that is a hundred thousand dollars and down and i wouldn't buy anything that is uh basically value under ten thousand dollars because then you're starting to get into uh junk land territory and yeah you can buy those pieces of land for maybe a couple hundred dollars three four hundred dollars but it's going to be hard to sell them you know what i mean g'day guys i want to interrupt today's episode as i'd like to take a moment to thank our wonderful sponsors without their continued support we would not be able to bring you the most kraken real estate investment tips to help you be successful week in week out this month, we have partnered with a cracking, innovative peer-to-peer investment platform called Diversity Fund. At Diversity Fund, their goal is to reduce the wealth gap and enable everyday Americans to achieve financial freedom by investing directly into commercial real estate deals, specifically value-add multifamily. Now, the thing that sets Diversity Fund apart from other peer-to-peer investment platforms is that they offer high-quality investment opportunities without the usual cost of entry. You can invest with Diversity Fund for as little as 500 bucks. That's it, $500. And the best part is that you're investing alongside operators who are the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? Start investing today and get access to deals that historically have only been available to the top 1%. To find out more, head to diversityfund.com. That's D-I-V-E-R-S-Y-F-U-N-D.com and use offer code invest in the US when you sign up for an account and receive a $20 gift card when you make your first investment. That's diversityfund.com. Now back into the show. So, so talk to me about then the on-selling process about you've, you found, you've got the inbound leads, you, you, you've got your criteria set up in terms of certain MSAs around the country, secondary markets mm-hmm. with a bit of growth in, in growth areas and growth neighborhoods with a, a good median household income in and around the piece of land. Um, you're trying to buy it at pennies or cents on the dollar, you know, up to 40% or 40 cents mm-hmm. on the dollar. Um, but then talk to me about the, the flip side. How, how are you getting your, your, your buyers from, from you? Who, and who wants to buy this land? You, you talked about builders earlier, but I could imagine someone who's buying something for 40000 bucks would want to be probably building, you know, maybe a $100,000 property on it and then on-selling that entire land package for $200,000, I would imagine, if they're going to make money on the back end. So is that the type of majority of your sellers, uh, sorry, your buyers that are, that are buying from you? I think the majority of the buyers, they, they fall into two categories. And I think these are investor types, and this is for infill lots and path, path of growth. And then the other one is recreational, yeah? And, and, and really, on the recreational side, you know, you have people that want to uh, go in the weekend, ride their ATVs, want to go hunting, want to, you know, bring and park their RV, have a little piece of land that they call their own. If it's in the path of growth or in the, you know, or an infill, uh, you will probably have someone that is looking for a piece of land, you know, to retire in the future, to build their home and so on and so forth. If it's your traditional retail and not a builder. And, um, and so what we use, the avenues that we use is, um, well, first of all, you have to create an irresistible listing because when you are dealing with a piece of land, you cannot show a photo of a piece of dirt. You know, you have to really 
um, create a listing that really dream builds with people that talks about the amenities, the amazing things that are happening in the area, you know? And so you kind of like go like with a, like a little funnel, you talk about the area around and surrounding and what's going on. You focus into the property and you come back out again to dream build with them again in the form of pictures, in the form of how that you describe, you know, your, your descriptive paragraph for your listing. Um, you also, you know, have to have nice, sexy headlines and titles, you know, you have to show, okay, look at comparable properties in this area. They're selling for X and I'm selling at 30, 40% below market value. So you need to right away capture, you know, the, um, the, the attention of a potential buyer and then places where you would, where you don't need to have a website. You don't need to have a buyer's list. It helps. Now we have a buyer's list. You know, we've been doing this since 2002, 17 years. And so we can move a property quickly, but we've, you know, we've built a buyer's list over the years. If you're just doing this from the beginning, you know, and you, you're starting today, um, what, and we continue doing this today as well, is Craigslist apps, uh, Facebook. Facebook Marketplace is something that is kind of like blowing up, you know, uh, us and our students are able to, you know, uh, get 200, 300, 500, you know, leads on a piece of property, you know, with just one week of advertising on Facebook Marketplace. Um, you can, you know, post on Landwatch, Landflip. Um, there's all these other places basically where you can, where you can sell land and, and really move it quickly. And that's where people are looking anyways for Zillow, of course, you know, and it's free. All of these are free, you know, free places where you can post your property. Um, and then eventually, as you know, you, you create a little bit of your seed money, you can start thinking about a website and listing your properties on a website. We actually have a proprietary software that um, takes you uh, from the, for the entire you know, process flow of a property from the moment that you have a list and it's a prospect to a lead, you know, to needing offer, to accepted of an offer, to closing, to listing it, to selling it, you know? And it, cre and it creates for you, the, the software creates for you immediately a buying website and a selling website. So um, even if you're just starting, you know, um, you know, there's, there's things such as that that can make it easier. But even if you didn't have a website, you know, and didn't have, you know, the software, when we start, the moment that you make strategic investments in technology, you know, we were able to scale from 60 to 100 to 800 pieces of land a year. So um, it does make it of technology. It can be done even without technology. Got it. Got it. Well, I love, I love everything you're building in terms of your mm -hmm. proprietary software systems, in terms of all your online businesses, because it, it, it's the ecosystem that creates the, the true wealth. And you've been doing this for a long time, since 2002. So it's a real um, yeah. you know, tip of the hat to you guys to, to building a true wealth yeah. business that is, you know, now can stand on its own yeah. two feet. And now it, it's yeah. now... Uh, can, can feed itself, right? You have the same buyers that are coming into yep. your pool, the same sellers that are coming into your pool, and you are the, the epicenter of it because that is the ecosystem that you've created with all your businesses. So, so very, very well done. No, I wanted, I wanted to mention because I wanted to balance it. So these are the, all the great things about it, you know, but there's some disadvantages. Those are all the advantages and all the benefits, but there's some disadvantages to it. And the disadvantages that, that there are to it is number one, there's no tax benefits. Mm -hmm. So from 2002 up until 2009, all we did was land. And we were in the formidable situation in 2009, which is what's the bottom of the market here, to be sitting on a ton of liquidity. When everyone was losing their shirts, 
you know, we were spending on a ton of cash and we were able to go and buy, you know, 50 single family residential homes for buy and hold. Because what we recognize with the land, even if you create cash flow with the land, is that those notes are going to come to an end. You know, you have a loan for 5, 10, 15 years, but when a person pays it off, your passive cash flow is gone. So we're like, how can we start allocating and moving? If the, if the land is our cash machine, you know, how can we start allocating those cash profits and cash flow into an asset class where we can create what we call forever cash, you know, a cash that comes in forever until we decide to liquidate the asset. So we, we then moved into single family homes. And then in 2016, we figured out a way, which I know you do as well, to really turbocharge really the tax benefits and the and, and and the cash flow and that's apartment investing so we've been doing you know syndication so we kind of do both things you know our cash machine has been the cornerstone of our wealth you know creation and our you know a little cash machine if you got you you want to call it that way and then we transfer those profits and cash flow into forever cash assets such as apartment investing and so that's that's what we've been doing now we have um almost 550 dollars you know in the apartment side and with one of those properties, 96 units already coming into full, into full circle, you know, um, not just of being able to buy it at a discount, optimizing it, operating it, but actually selling it, you know, for like $3 million more than what we paid for and being able to create, you know, returns for ourselves and for our investors as well. So, um, so yeah, so, th so those are, that's the, that's the tax disadvantage is that you don't have any of the incredibly sexy depreciation that you have with apartment investing, especially, you know, uh, nowadays with us being able to do cost segregation studies and being able to do this accelerated depreciation uh, to offset basically the active income on the land space. So, so yeah, awesome. so that's, I, I just yeah, wanted to kind of like give you like a balance of like, well, that's, that's what's, that's what's, you know, that's the thing. It gives you, it buys you time in terms of passive cash flow for a few years, but then you need to figure out, okay, you know, what is really my end goal? Where can I allocate, the, you know, the cash here into something that is more long-term? Yeah, that's, it's, it's great. And I think you illustrated how you can create a real cash cow from the land sale and land flipping business to put profits into apartments and long-term wealth generating and long-term cash flow generating assets. And that also diversifies your risk, right? Over over two asset classes, land and commercial real estate. Um, so having yeah. that ability to produce um, probably small runs on the board with your land, you know, a couple of thousand bucks every transaction, but you're doing a high volumes of it to be able to take those profits and put it into one, two, three, four, five, maybe 10, 10 um, multifamily commercial real estates um, properties over the period of, of five to 10 years, that really is creating, you know, 10xing your scalability of, of the wealth that you're generating in not only your, your business, but in other people's businesses um, in terms of property management, uh, in terms of helping other people become financially free through the education programs that you offer. So I think it's really, really quite incredible how you've created something really from nothing, being an immigrant from uh, Honduras and, and your husband being an immigrant from, from Germany. And I really resonate with your story. So you know, my, my, my final sort of question for you before we dive in the top five investing tips is what's the future hold for you both in the business side and, and personally? I, I think we've been doing now uh, real estate, you know, since 2002, we are so passionate about it. Um, I think um, not because I need it, but I think that probably till the end of my days, I'll be doing 
real estate. I just, I love the asset class. I see us continuing to grow, you know, in the apartment investing side. Um, I see us being in a great situation again when the market, if and when the market turns to again, be where, very well prepared, you know, with, with, with liquidity and cash to be able to go and purchase many more, you know, apartments or multifamily. Um, and so I think uh, a lot of the growth will come in that. I also am incredibly passionate about sharing this with women, with families, you know, on the, on the land investing side and, and really being able to live that purpose, you know, that, that freedom of purpose that I was talking to you about by now sharing and showing others, you know, what we've done and, um, and, and, and really growing that as well. You know, we want to create at least a thousand millionaires, you know, in our, in our lifetime, just from land investing. Um, several have already been created. And so um, it, it, it brings me incredible joy to really <clears throat> walk through a person, what I like to call the four C's, you know, four C's when in the first C being commitment, when you decide that, man, what I'm doing right now is I'm on a carousel, it's getting me nowhere, I gotta find a different way, and you find that way, and then you put blinders on, and you kill other options, and you hocus pocus, focus, I like to call it, or you get in line, and you freaking stay in line, versus moving lines every single time, and every single time you move from asset class to asset class, being at the end of the line. No, focus on one thing, master that basically, commit, be 100% all in, you know, and, um, and then moving, that will naturally then, because when you commit to something bigger than yourself, more than likely you don't have all the skills, all the resources that you, know, that you need. So you're gonna be like, oh shit, what have I committed to? And you're gonna have to muster the courage. So that's C number two. You're gonna have to muster the courage to you know, roll up your sleeves, get it done, get the capability, which is the third C, of actually you know, doing an investment, whatever it is, land, house, apartments, you know, uh, in my case, it has been, you know, uh, we started with land. That's how we started building our four C's, our, our you know, building our commitments, building our, um, our courage, building our capability. And once you've done one deal, that deal sculpts your spirit, man. And it really gives you confidence, which is the four C to go and do bigger things, you know, and that that spiral goes upward and you commit to bigger projects, to bigger entrepreneurial opportunities, you know what I mean? And um, so I'm really passionate about really walking people through that journey of the four C's, you know, and, and, and especially women um, that uh, we are not new to the game of making money, but we are new to the game of having money work right. for us. You know what I mean? So um, I'm, I'm really passionate awesome. about that. Awesome. I can see it. I can see the four C's. I love it. I love it. I love the, <laughs> the passion coming from you. you, see, you you've been such an incredible guest today because you did really bring the noise in terms of, I can see the juices within you are flowing strongly for, for, the, for, the, for the deals that you do and, and the, the, the real legacy you want to leave with, with not only yourself and your family, but others, you know, helping create other millionaires through, through land investing. So, so really, really, really well done. And, um, and, and at the end of the show, we'll give you an opportunity to, to, to shout out where people can reach you. So, but before we do that, are you ready to dive into the top yep. five investing tips? Absolutely. Let's do this. All right. So tell me what um, what habits you practice to keep keep on track towards your daily goals. Um, I think this is a practice that I want to talk about that is seldom talked about because it's not necessarily a goal setting practice. 
But back in 2011, I went through extreme burnout. And what I want to say is that you want to have everyday rituals of self-care and self-love that uh, really help you be powerful during the day, you know, versus just waking up like a crazy chicken, you know, hitting on the alarm and going, go, 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 you know, but, you know, start your day by, you know, using rituals. I, I have been using now for oh, since 2011, you know, meditation, breathing exercises. Um, for you, it could be prayer. It could be exercise. It could be a walk, you know, a 20-minute walk around the block to get out with fresh air, you know, in the mornings. Whatever it is, you know, um, this really helps you be grounded and be and be ready for the day, you know, no matter what happens in the day, uh, I am able not just to make money, but enjoy the process of making money. And, and I think we forget right. this, you know what I mean? We, I know I had forgotten it and my body basically gave me a wake up call. Hey, you know, you need to snap out of it and freaking smell the roses. So that, that would be, that would be one, um, that, you know, I, I, no, I, I love it. And it's something that you don't, people talk about a lot on this show. And the reason I ask that question is because daily habits are really important and, and setting yourself up for success in the morning. Like you said, waking up like a crazy chicken. And we all can do that. If you have a crappy night's sleep, you know, you wake up, you're angry, you're just trying to get into it. You, you, you're stressed about something you found out the day before. And without those rituals of, of prayer or meditation or exercise or taking a moment for stillness, I think it's really important. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a real physical guy. I love going to the gym, but I need I've been practicing just being still yep. for ten minutes in the morning because you could, the, the habit is turn on the phone, get the emails, what's on the Instagram, what's on Facebook, ah, and it's all at you. And I find myself through meditation now trying to catch myself like you don't need to be on that right now. You don't need to be occupying yourself by being on YouTube or being on whatever. You need to be present with what you're doing right now and understanding that you know it, there's more to life than than just grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding and i think to your point of like enjoying and smelling the roses and enjoying the journey is super super important yeah. and so yeah. many people forget that particularly entrepreneurs and, and CEOs. And, and sometimes and founders, so you know sometimes stuff. my mind is like a freaking squirrel and i can't get to do it but then i read something sp inspirational you know try to feed it something good you know um because when i don't it clearly shows with the with the people that I love the most, with the most important people in my life, and I start being a jerk to my daughter when you know I should be a role model and patient, and you know, and and um, so so yeah, so it's 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 so important, even if it's not meditation, if that's not your cup of tea, maybe something inspirational uh, that you read or that you listen to, uh, but do try to make it because. The more that you do it, the more that you start seeing um, the effects, you know, in, in you being able to bring ease into your day and able to be, to be able to bring grace into your day and really to step into flow versus trying to fight against everything that is coming in your way. You know, you're able to kind of like be in yep, flow, love it. you know, so, so we're here about inflows of cash, but also inflows of ease and inflows love of it, grace. Love it. Second question, uh, who is yeah. the most influential person in your career to date? Who is the most influential person in my career today? I think that right now, the most in my station in life right now, in the season that I'm in right now, um, I I have a group of ladies that I belong to. It's a mastermind of also other seven and eight figure entrepreneurial ladies, and they really hold me up to a higher standard. They 
help me be brave every day. They help me have the courage to go out there and really, you know, up until when you get to seven figures, you there's formulas, there's ways to get to do it. But if you want to break through these, you know, seven figures and do it with gusto, enjoying it, you have to start innovating and start thinking outside the box. And in order to think outside the box and go outside the box, it means you're having to go outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And so, um, cause you're, you're really transforming yourself from being a generator of results and cash flow to a creator of possibilities and opportunities. And so these ladies really hold me up to a higher standard. And, and actually, um, ever since I've been part of that group, um, they, they, you know, we all hold each other up so that we do one scary, loud, cut it, but we do one scary thing every week, like something that scares you, whether it be for some of us, you know, um, getting on a video live, you know, uh, on Facebook, whether it be like, you know, talking or making a call, you know, to another entrepreneur that we think is a, a competitor and figuring out how can we collaborate versus compete, you know, things that really sometimes, you know, take courage or, or the courage to say, man, you know, these product lines or these these services or these investments that I've been doing are no bueno. I need to cut these off. You know, sometimes it requires courage to, to cut things off, you know, um, to say no to certain things. And so um, I think this group of women, you know, in the last year and a half has been instrumental to my, to my personal growth and therefore to my business growth, because my business has been a person, you know, has followed my personal evolution. And as I grow as a person, my business has That's grown. So, as, well. as you've grown as a person, my business has grown as well. That's probably the quote of the day, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I completely agree. Having a group of people around you who are influencing, uh, influencing, influencing you to be more, to be better, to go out and take drastic steps and, and push that envelope so you get comfortable being uncomfortable. I think it's so important and, and you rise up, right? You, 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 you're you the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So absolute kudos yeah. to you in terms of your mastermind group. I think it's, and it's hugely important to have, my wife is also an entrepreneur. She is also in a, in a women-only entrepreneur group and I think it's really important um, for, 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 for the female, for females to particularly an entrepreneur space, you know, being a business owner, being a boss, all that sort of stuff to have other females to, to talk to because men, men can just not, they don't sympathize maybe on the, some of the struggles that women do. And, and it's really important to have those spaces. And, and I've noticed in her just the leaps and bounds and the stride she's come with by being in that mastermind of other kick-ass entre female entrepreneurs that, that I couldn't be in because I wouldn't provide the same level of of you know understanding and empathy that that the, these other females can and i think that's absolutely incredible that you've done that so so well done i i just wanted to mention especially because as an entrepreneur a woman you can so much easily you know in your mind justify a new hire at work but not the support that you need mm. at home you know, we, we tend, women tend to put ourselves last and we're like, okay, we can justify, you know, I'm going to have a return on investment on this new hire at work, but you don't see that at home and we need the support at home as well. So yeah, totally agree 100%. with you. What is the number one uh, or the most influential tool in your business today? I think the most influential tool in our business today has been our software. It has been what has allowed us to really you know, um, scale tremendously in the land space. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and from the 
pure operational standpoint of like really having everything processized, you know, to the to the nth degree, not to the nth degree such that you don't have flexibility. Um, and therefore, you know, that almost handicaps you, but uh, basically having our unique process in, in a software has made an incredible amount of difference, not just in our business, but in the business of our clients as well. So I think that would be the number awesome. one. In one sentence, what has been the biggest failure in your career to date? And what did you learn from that failure? Okay, in one sentence, I think there's four pillars to business, your why, your who, your what, and your how. I was so focused in those three and I forgot about the who, you know, the who, when it, and I, I'm not just saying hiring a team, I've hired the team, but I've made so many mistakes from hiring people that did not align to my core values, did not align to vision, you know, because I didn't even know that I had to have core values, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? So about five years ago, you know, uh, this is something that you don't hear about, but I somehow in one of my masterminds, I came across this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to identify what we stand for, what we stand against. And it has been transformational from the point of view of hiring and attracting people, attracting clients, uh, really differentiating ourselves in the marketplace because of these core values. And um, it has brought a lot of ease, again, a lot of flow into our businesses and a, a lot of the possibility to scale with ease by just looking at something so vital, so important that almost everyone overlooks, you know, in the beginning. So I think that's the biggest mistake. It wasn't a sentence, but it's the who. Focus on the who, the sooner that you can, because the who can fig can help you figure out the how and Love the why. It. No, I think it's really important to have core values to stand on to, to, to help scale a business. Mm -hmm. and, and something that we try and talk a lot about on this show is the fact that you've got to go and create your core values and your mission statement in order to make that flow a little easier, in order to make the stress of the yeah. business a little easier. So um, yeah, I think aligning, people, aligning with people who stand with you on those same core values and the same missions is, is really, really important. Um, so Michelle, last yeah. question, where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to be in your sphere. They want to understand more about the land flipping business and just what you do in your kick-ass real estate goddess that it sounds like you are and all your group is. Where do they go? So if you are at all curious about the land, I would suggest to go to landprofitgenerator.com. You can go there and it's a free class basically on pretty much what we do, our methodology. Uh, you can also join our Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group, uh, Land Profit Generator Real Estate Investing. And it's a very generous community of people that are incredibly generous with their time and with their knowledge. Basically, it, we've, we've, we take pride in having built something where if somebody's three steps behind and somebody is one step behind, the ones three steps ahead of, you know, ahead of the game are helping the ones that are one step or two steps behind. So a very giving community. Uh, my coaches, my, you know, my husband, you know, my entire team is there pouring in our love, building people up, uh, helping them through challenges, and it's a free group. So come and check it out. Um, and uh, you can always, of course, just go michellebosch.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at Michelle Bosch Official. Uh, so yeah, there's many ways to, to connect. And I, you know, I'd love to connect to anyone listening that you know, resonates with my story and with the simplicity of the land. And I can't wait to meet you in person. Look, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to jump on the show, to give us some really cracking, actionable steps. Some of the things that I took away from our, our conversation, I think is 
your ability to be self-aware of how you've grown since 2002, not only in the land space business, but also in your inner personal self too. It sounds like there was a lot of change and you came to, you know, uh, to, to burn out and you really have to identify and look mm. within to see why you're burning out and understand where to let go and, and how to go and create some, some missions and, and uh, some, some core values in the, the, those four pillars in your life and, and really understanding who the who is in, that, in those four pillars to really being crystal clear on to help the business because you sounded like you didn't have that crystal clear, that clarity with inside of yourself to go forth and then attract more business. And it sounds like it's been a really transformational and, and you happen just to be in the land or the real estate business. So I think it applies strongly to a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this show that it doesn't matter what your widget is. You happen to be in the land business. I'm in the multifamily business. If you're not clear on your who and your interpersonal chatter, because we all have it in our head, then you're going to struggle with going and creating and scaling a business and attracting uh, new talent and, and new acquisitions and, and growing. Um, but I think that was the, probably the number one thing that I took away from today's show. Did, was there anything else that, 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 that you want to add before we, we, we break? No, I, I want to say I, I totally agree with you. I mean, when the entrepreneurial journey is about whole life leadership. And when you look at it from the point of view of whole life leadership, entrepreneurship is spiritual. You know, you, you really can combine those two things do come together, you know, and, and it's depending on, you know, your level of awareness and, you know, development, you know, you're able to really manifest what is inside outside as well. So I know it, ha- it sounds a little bit, you know, out there, but, um, but, but, but yeah, I'm a true 100% believer that there's nothing like the entrepreneurial journey to sculpt your spirit. At least it has been for me. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for jumping on today's show. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up soon. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here. Well, now you have another cracking episode jam-packed with some incredible advice from Michelle. If you do have any questions for Michelle, please head over to michellebosch.com and all the links from today's show will be up on my website at work as well on readgoosens.com. Uh, I want to thank you for all taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your financial IQ because that's what we're all about here on this show. And we're going to do it all again next week. So be bold, be brave, and remember, go give life a cracking.